You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Thursday, January 18th. Third show of the day, but third time's the charm. Joining me today to talk about this 49ers Packers matchup is the perfect guy to do it, honestly. Uh, your favorite film enthusiast, watch the tape enthusiast, uh, Rich Madrid. Uh, how are you doing today, Rich? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. And and like I said, you you were definitely the perfect guy to to have on here because I know you watch a lot of Packers film. You write for uh, Acme Packing Co. and then also Niners Nation. You do your own sub stack and all that. So you have a lot of knowledge in both of these teams and i also appreciate the fact that you stay pretty like impartial to everything like you're pretty objective in the way that you watch film and you know talk about what's going to happen in a game so that's what i want in this episode is just to to hear your honest thoughts on both of these teams and of course like what i named this episode was shanahan versus lafleur right (laughs) i mean this is a big matchup for Uh, both of these guys and I just want to start right off the bat like Kyle Shanahan has had the number of all of his coaching tree pupils for the most part um, you know since he's become head coach and all of you know his coaching tree is expanding and all that Uh, why does it seem like he always has the edge like is it the players that he has? Is he like maybe a little more creative? Like in, in seeing Shanahan, the Shanahan offense deployed on different teams, like with different personnels and all being great within their own right. Like, why does it seem like Shanahan can just scheme circles around his counterparts? I think it's just because he's had better teams basically um they matched up really well with the rams for those those last few years until last year when the rams had a down year and then this year they're kind of rebuilding Uh, but i just think it really came down to the rosters and basically just having better players um you know they they weren't ever able to beat the 49ers and they, well, I guess, I guess if we're counting, there's a major asterisk next to the week 18 game. That doesn't really count, but they still haven't beaten them. And since 2018, and I think really just rosters. Um, and I think there is an element to like, you know, Kyle knows the, the defensive coaches that those guys have too. Uh, he coached with Raheem Morris when they were in Atlanta and it, you know, he, he was able to pick apart Fangio's defenses after about a year of struggling with them. Um, Joe Barry's defenses for the Packers is pretty much a a replica copy of some of the Fangio stuff. Um, So he knows how to, he knows how to scheme against those guys. Um, And he's been doing it to every other defensive scheme in the league. So it's a, I think it's a little combination of rosters and, and knowing who he has on the other side of the ball to, to scheme against. And he's cause he's seen so much of it. Well, uh, Matt LaFleur being 0-4 against uh, Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs. This time, though, it's a little bit different. I mean, obviously, no Aaron Rodgers. And I know several people, including, you know, Bosa and, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan this week talked about just the differences they've noticed 
uh, in the offenses now uh, with Jordan Love versus how it was with Aaron Rodgers and Kyle Shanahan specifically saying like it looks like what LaFleur normally has done like throughout his career. Do you see that like helping the 49ers or like does it actually give LaFleur more freedom to grow and evolve with, you know, the young offense that he has now? Like to a certain extent, I almost feel like what was Rodgers maybe going rogue a little bit or you just he did he have to kind of conform to what Rodgers like already did well? Like what what about it is maybe like good for the 49ers defensively or maybe like bad for the 49ers defensively yeah with Rodgers it was a lot of ad-libbing and you know just kind of like what Bosa said he would see something in the defense and he would immediately check out of whatever they were running I mean even the Packers um, offensive coordinator Adam Stenovich admitted it yesterday it was like hey we have better communication now with with our offense he didn't like single any names out but he kind of did he said you know with Rodgers we would we would call the plays in and then he would change them and we wouldn't know what's going on until they came back to the sidelines or whatever. Like, so he was always, they were always kind of in the dark and a lot of that stuff. And, you, you know, you could see it watching the, um, the way Rogers ran that offense. I mean, it was like, there's no, you know, they, they don't run, they didn't run motion. They didn't run a lot of um, the traditional Shanahan stuff because that's just not what he, uh, was doing and I guess he had a lot of power over that to, and freedom to change what he wanted because it's Aaron Rodgers why wouldn't you give the guy the freedom to to just make go out there and play football and make plays but with with love it's like oh this looks more like a Shanahan offense and as the season progressed they started running a little bit more of the the Shanahan things we see with the the wide receiver end arounds the wide receiver running back plays um, they have a, a guy that has done has had a number of carries doing some of the things that Debo does. I mean, and having crazy success with it. I mean, um, Jaden Reed has taken a few of those end arounds and those counter reverses for 15, 20 yards a pop. And I think he even scored on one against the Chargers, basically untouched from like 40 yards out. So they're they're doing a lot more of that. They're doing a lot more motion. A lot, you know, they do a lot more under center play action, get love out of the pocket on the move. They run a lot more of the same play action drop back stuff where he he's not getting out of the pocket but um he still has the the play action element to it so this is like i i think lafleur is feeling it i think he's in his bag now um he's you know as great as rogers is he finally has a quarterback that will run the offense that he wants to run and not what the quarterback wants to run so um that, and that's what Bosa was exactly saying. Like, he's, they've got a guy now who who does what he's supposed to do in that offense, basically. Right. And and so, like, this whole time that, like, Bosa was saying that, I was kind of, like, wondering, like, if that kind of helps the defense because, like, Shanahan knows that offense, he, like, even him saying, like, yeah, that's kind of what he's always, like, ran before. It's like the LaFleur I've always known kind of thing, like, do you think it helps them prepare for what to expect a little bit better than say when it was Aaron Rodgers and he, you know, improvise a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. I mean, these, 
this defense goes against, you know, their Shanahan's offense in practice all week. They see a lot of the same concepts. I mean, uh, they'll, you know, and LaFleur runs a lot of the same personnel packages. They run a lot of 11 personnel, which was the 49ers highest used personnel grouping this year. And that's basically one running back, one tight end. Um, LaFleur will use a lot of 12 personnel with the two, the big, the two big tight ends they have Kraft and Musgrave. Um, those both rookies, both of those guys have come along really nicely and they share a lot of similarities to a young Kittle and use check in the way they use them. Um, Kraft is more of like that use check type player and Musgrave is more of like the Kittle tight end Kraft or they're both good run blockers. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's, I think there's an element to the, for the 49ers defense this weekend. Hey, we have seen a lot of this stuff. We know how they're going to deploy these guys. We see this every day. Um, but at the same time, like Joe Barry has that advantage too. He doesn't just doesn't have the personnel probably to match up with some of these, some of the skill players on the 49ers, but um, both, both offenses are kind of doing a lot of the same things. I, I would say that, Shan- or Mc- not Shanahan, but uh, LaFleur is more, a little more McVeigh in his, in his structure than Shanahan. Um, but again, they're all, this, they're all almost, carbon copies of each other at that point yeah and I I definitely want to continue talking about the quarterbacks but for a second you mentioned Joe Barry I I do want to talk about like the defense of the Packers because you know to me like they looked better for sure against that Cowboys offense Um, and when you look at the teams that the Packers face to end the season uh, you know Vikings with Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins Justin Fields and then you know, Dak Prescott in the playoffs, I have a hard time kind of parsing what was the Cowboys just falling apart and like not being able to adjust versus what was actually created by what the Packers were doing on defense. And being that you've watched, you know, the Packers tape all season, what have the Packers done differently during like their last three, four games that's been working for them. And do you see that translating to the 49ers? Yeah, I think, I think that they're going to get their shots and they're going to try to punch the 49ers in the mouth and they may get a couple of big plays or a handful of big plays. Uh, I think the thing that's really turned around for them is the play of their receiver group. And uh, sorry, she's, Sing along your own beat over here. Um, it's the receivers, really. They 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 struggled early in the season. Like they were running the wrong routes. They were running into each other. They were dropping passes. And I think that's where a lot of the perception of love came from. Was like, well, this guy probably really isn't that good. Um, and the and I think even the Packers had a little bit of doubt about him too. But you know, as soon as they, it, Matt LaFleur would talk every week about how the receivers are just missing details here and there, the finer points of route running. Uh, they're missing their landmarks. They're not getting off of press coverage quick enough. Um, and, and like every Monday it was like clockwork. He would talk about the importance of route running and probably by about week, I don't know, week, week 10 or 11, they, it started to click like after there's, probably after week 10 and um, love through three interceptions in that game. And one of them was to Watson who didn't run his route correctly. Like it was probably a bad throw, but it, Watson, the, the minute he ran his route in, incorrectly, it took him out of the play 
and love really had no choice but to throw it up and see and see what happened but um it's so and then there's another element to the watson thing here in a second though but they really just it started to click for them the more they got on the field the more they started um figuring out what they were good at and for the watson element he was i think he left maybe like week I, don't know, I want to say it was right after it was Thanksgiving or right after he left one of those games and they just took off. Um, and I, and I think part of that is because for so off for so long, they were trying to force feed Watson the ball downfield loves deep accuracy mm-hmm. tanked. Uh, he wasn't hitting any deep throws. They were, they looked under thrown. Some of them were bad passes, but some of them were just Watson not running good routes. Um, they have even on, you know, you wouldn't think so, but even on deep passes, deep fades, they have landmarks they have to get to for the quarterback, depending on the hash they're on. And they have to give the quarterback room to throw the ball. And often he was not giving love any room to throw the ball. So love was just throwing it out there and hoping somebody would come down with them on this side. But um, once he was, I'm not saying it was a good thing he was out, but once he was out, those receivers really took off um, and really, turn the corner on their development this year and keep in mind a lot of them none of them are over two years in the league they're all rookies or second year guys Mm -hmm. so and the tight ends are rookies outside of aaron jones no one in that skill group and and aj Dillon, no one is beyond two years right yeah it it seemed like you know after when christian watson went out with injury and he missed a few games right like the, the other guys were able to kind of spread their wings a little bit and and kind of find their footing in that offense. And it's been impressive. I actually like their, you know, their their receiver group quite a bit, their tight ends. I really liked how they have revamped their offense. Um, I guess like so defensively though, what what did you see from like their game plan against the Cowboys in like because defensively they've also, you know, kind of come around uh, to end the season. And so what's been working there? Well, Joe Barry is prone to a good game plan every now and then. I actually think he game plans better versus teams that have really good wide receiver one. Uh, Just the amount of times they've shut down the Vikings with Justin Jefferson. And and even pre-Cousins injury, like last season, um, Justin Jefferson went off on him in one game, but then in the second game when the Packers had their late season win streak last year, um, he very easily schemed to take Jefferson out of the game and Kirk Cousins couldn't find any other receivers. Um, And it was much the same thing for Dak. Like they took CD right out of it right away. And he, you know, Dak couldn't find anyone else to throw to. Um, He's very good at finding those, kind of like those bracket or cloud coverages in his scheme to, to throw at wherever that wide receivers. And they've got multiple ways to do it. If they're in the slot, if they're out wide, they, they how, how they check to get to it. Um, and that's how they took CD out of it. And then they just, you know, once you get a lead, you can kind of become a little more static in your pass defense and coverages and like knowing where the offense is going to go. So you really just sit back and like kind of let it, come to you, sit in your zones, um, play some man coverage and, and make Dak try to beat you that way. And if they're just going to have to throw the whole game, I mean, you, you really, they just made it easier for your defense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So like teams that are kind of 
dependent on a wide receiver one to like move the football. It helps when you have like Jair Alexander, who's who's been awesome, and he he did have uh, CD Lamb uh, locked up uh, for much of that game when he was in there, and it seems like he's going to be able to go uh, on Saturday. I, I actually expect him to go. No, he's questionable. Um, yeah, and he didn't so, practice again today, so I don't know. Which, like, I mean. It, it's, he doesn't even really need a practice. He probably could no. just go out there on Saturday and play. And sure, maybe he's not 100%. I guess that's just something we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, I'm sure the Packers are okay with him not practicing this week. That being said, like, if he's going to be lining up against Brandon Ayuk, like, do you, does he usually shadow, like, the number one receiver? Is that kind of what happens? Like, so do you expect him to be lined up against Ayuk in this one? Or given that the 49ers kind of have a lot of different weapons, like, do you – do you see that he might move around with different guys? No, he'll probably mostly stay with Ayuk. That's that's what I think. Um, they're not like the 49ers. They do move guys around quite a bit. So um, they will probably shadow him most of the game with, with uh, Alexander if he plays. Okay. Um, Trey, uh, poking fun at you, uh, as you guys always go back and forth on Twitter. I do like to see your, you guys' interactions. Um, but speaking of Twitter, you've had a, a couple of interesting tweets, uh, this week that I wanted to ask you about, of course, regarding this matchup. Uh, and so one of them, you know, this one being, uh, you know, one of the Packers corners pushing CD lamb and you say, you know, if he's going to try that against Debo and Ayuk, it's it's not going to go well. So, um, <laughs> I I mean, I think you're just meaning from like the physicality standpoint, trying to bully like yeah, the 49ers. Yeah, you're not, not going to bully. You're not going to bully any of those guys on the Niners in this in the skill group. Um, and they will they will push back. So uh, you know, the, if you look at Lamb's body language there, I don't. I think the score was only like seven or 14 to nothing. It was really early in the game when that happened. And you could see his body language when Jair pushed him was just like defeated. Like they just didn't want to be there. And then that's how they looked the whole rest of the game. Uh, I don't expect him to, he might try to shove him, but you know, Ayuk's not going to stand there and take that. He's going to, he's going to fight back and not, I mean, I don't mean like hockey fight back and try to pick a right, fight, right. but um like block you know, his ass I, I you will, he'll do he'll do it in other ways in the running game yeah. or or whatever like i just can't see him getting physical with those two or even juan jennings like that without some type of pushback or retaliation well that's kind of like what everyone's saying right about this matchup and like the difference between the cowboys who clearly like folded early in this game like and the Packers came out and punched him in the mouth and the Cowboys simply didn't have any type of response against it on the other hand the 49ers like I think we know this team enough to just know that they're not going to take it like you said um and so if they do you know get punched in the mouth early I think we can expect at least some type of response um but that's uh regarding the receivers you had another tweet um and of course the infamous Kyle Shanahan looking under a microscope and you know he sees Packers linebacker it's Devondre Campbell 
So yeah, because Hind asked, like, do the do we think that the Niners linebackers can stop Aaron Jones? And on the other hand, I think we also need to ask the question, well, could the Packers linebackers stop Christian McCaffrey? That like I've, I haven't been hearing a lot of Christian McCaffrey's name from Packers fans this week. I hear him talking a lot about Brock Purdy, <laughs> but not about McCaffrey. So how do you think uh Kyle Shanahan is is gonna, you know, maybe mess around? with these linebackers just the way he does with everyone. So th- this is one of my favorite memes, right? With the Shanahan microscope. And that's a class. That's a credit to everyone's favorite um, quarterback writer, Steven Ruiz quarterback rankings guy. Um, who's I I'm who's actually, I'm, I'm really like really good with him and good in with him and all that. I don't have a problem with him. Like most people in the fan base do probably, but he's the one that came up with this meme and it really like, several years ago and it really just means like hey when you know when you watch Shanahan's offense they typically go after one or two guys almost all game right not like the whole game um because that just doesn't work but if you can isolate someone like uh Devondre Campbell 60 percent of the time and anything you do or and find those matchups you're gonna you're gonna probably win the game because that is the weak link like and Shanahan will do this. He did it to Bobby Wagner. I mean, you could see it early on in that game. Everything they ran in that second Seattle game this year, or the first Seattle game, actually, on Thanksgiving, went right at Bobby Wagner. Um, mm-hmm. A number of those early runs, the touchdown, Debo, it was all about putting Bobby Wagner in conflict because he, you know, for as good as he's been in his career, he, and I know he made all pro and everything, but he is not, he just doesn't move the way he does anymore. Well, Devondre Campbell's the same way. He, was signed by the Packers prior to 2021. He had a good season, like a really good season that year, was probably their best linebacker. And since then, he's fallen off a cliff. Um, and this year has been no different. He's been hurt. Um, you can make excuses for, for the injuries, but his level of play just has not been there when he's been on the field. And um, if you get a chance to watch their Tampa Bay game from a few weeks ago, uh, before Saturday, you'll see what I'm talking about. Like every every third down, the the Buccaneers found where he was at, and they went right at him because they knew they were going to convert. Um, and so that's that's kind of what this meme is: is Shanahan looking at he's putting certain guys under the microscope and finding ways and matchups to exploit their weaknesses. And and Campbell's not the only one. They have another linebacker, Quay Walker, who mm-hmm. he shows flashes every now and then. Um, he was a high high draft. He was a high draft pick for them, but he's been up and down, and he's um, not been the best in certain situations. So I would expect them to go at him. And then schematically, there's things that Barry will do that Shanahan will pick apart, um, like getting Preston Smith in coverage. You know, if, if they're going to go with three linebackers, which and three down linemen, which is where they stand up the linebackers on the outside on the edge. You know, you can you can easily see a matchup where Shanahan gets McCaffrey or Debo out in the slot, and Preston Smith has to cover them. Um, and that, and you know, if if you watch that Eagles Cardinals game, like that's what the Cardinals did to the Eagles when they went in those three down three linebacker fronts. They just spread Hassan Reddick out, and you know he's not a cover guy. And, and a lot of these guys that are really good pass rushers are the same way. If they have to stand up and cover someone. Um, so they'll probably, you'll probably see a lot of that and how, um, 
how Shanahan moves those pieces around is going to be very critical for them. I I also saw like under under this tweet you you talked about the the penny front the is that the five the penny five yeah. one is is that what you were just talking about? Yeah, that's the uh, that's primarily it's a three it's it's a five one front right so it's three down linemen and you, what what you traditionally think of as like a three four front. Um, yeah, there's a, a good picture of it. So you have the three down linemen and then the three linebackers, and you basically two of your linebackers are stand-up linebackers on the edge. And then you have, so you give up all that space in the middle, but it's really to play the run and slow down the run. And then you have the safeties come from depth to make plays. Um, But the Packers don't have, for the last two years, haven't had the body to run this against the run. Um, So they like last year, they got gassed a lot in this front and they stopped running it as much on running downs this year. So they've been better with it, but if you're going to play this front against the run, you really, your, your three down linemen have to be bigger bodies, especially the, like the the defensive tackle right in the middle. And they, they don't really have that. Um, if you think back to the old Fangio 49ers defenses with like Ray McDonald in the middle mm-hmm. um, and yeah. things like that, you got, you got to have big players in there. Um, so you know, Preston Smith there, if they line up like that, you just line up out wide and those two linebackers might have to cover one of those guys out wide. Um, probably the one away from the nickel would have to cover someone. So, you know, you get someone on Preston Smith, like the Raiders did with Devonte Adams back in like, I don't remember what week it was, but they, they just threw a quick inside slant and Preston Smith can't cover that. You could easily see a scenario where Shanahan does something like that. Right. And, and like, okay, so if they wanted to run this to defend against the run, like what is even the benefit of that? If you have so many defenders, like on the back, Um, you can, you can really get, you can really gap control the the offensive line. Like it, you can't get like the offensive line in a zone running scheme can't get their combo blocks. Um, as effectively when you have five down on the line like that. So that's why we started seeing Shanahan bring a lot more of those motions across to help like the tight end block. Um, Cause you, when you do that, you change the numbers and you can actually hit those fronts. Um, These fronts are designed to like limit, like prevent the offense from getting outside that widest guy. Like that's why they're, that's why they line up so wide like that. So it discourages the offense from doing that. Um, But Shanahan, has a basically like a more varied run game now where they do run up the middle a lot. So, you know, if you're going to line up like that, yeah, we can get to the edge on you there, but you know, we're, if you're going to give us those big gaps, those big bubbles along the offensive line, then we're just going to run there. Like they, they have answers for it. Um, and they've, that they've developed over the last like three seasons. Yeah, and, and and like to go along that, I wanted to share this that uh you know Aaron Schatz uh, tweeted this out earlier today. It just shows like the ranks of success rate plus minus by run concept of each opponents uh, facing each other this weekend. 49ers are top two in success rate on inside zone and outside zone compared to Packers defense success against it and. You know, Packers are up here too when they run man duo and inside zone in the plus category. Uh, they rank third in success rate compared to 49ers defending against it. 
but Packers not as successful with the outside zone. So, like, talking about film now, uh, like, looking at the run game of both teams and the defense of both teams, which team do you think is best equipped to stop the run game of the opposing team? Uh, I still think the 49ers are best equipped to do it because they're going to play um, – they're going to play with four down linemen no matter what. So that's an advantage right there for them because they're already going to be able to not give up that much space in the interior as well as the edges. Now teams have only teams that have run successfully on the 49ers have done so with like really wide toss and sweep plays, right? Like the Browns. Um, I don't remember some of the others of the, the Cardinals and I'd have to go back and look, but I don't remember what, they did, but I think it was a lot of the same. Like they would get to the toss plays um, where you can get numbers and blocking. And that's how they, that's how they outgap the 49ers in the running game. So, but the Packers aren't going to run like those toss crack plays. They don't run a lot of that. They may in this one, just because of what they've seen on film, but you know, outside zone, you, you might get a, a couple of decent runs out of it. I don't think they'll be able to really run as uh, inside zone as much as well. Um, but you never know. I mean, I just I think the 49ers are better equipped to stop the run just because they can let their linebackers roam and they do play uh, with a little heavier in the box than the Packers do. Um, so, Rich, like you you had a tweet that was, it was a quote tweet of Eric Armstead, you know, saying like he's back for the playoffs or whatever. And you, you've had like the John Lynch <laughs> meme face. And I couldn't tell like, what, so what are your thoughts on, on Eric Armstead coming back? Like, do you uh, think he's, he's going to help? Uh, yes. They, they need him back. I mean, um, and I'm not, I don't want to pick on Akash for this, but he, he did bring up the whole, well, the, they, after the 49ers have a bye week, they play at a high level, the defense does, and then it sort of tanks a little bit. And I think, but I don't think that coincides with not being rested. I think that back half of the season, like those four games where they played really well and then lost Armstead after the Seattle game, um, I think that is probably the key difference there and why the defensive performance hasn't been what it should been, should have been um, like Ken law has been good, but he's, you know, he's struggled. Uh, they haven't been able to get as crisp of a rotation in there um, because they haven't had Armstead. Um, and you need the, you, you know, they need the bigger body in there um, who can push the pocket in the pass game and who can kind of eat up a couple of blockers in the run game like Armstead can. Uh, but I think that's, I think that is the main difference in why the defense didn't look that good in the back half of the second half of the season here. Okay. I think that's fair. When, when I saw that meme, I was like, I thought that meme was used in like, like negative <laughs> scenarios. So I was like, Oh my God, does he think like Armstead sucks? Or no, something? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like 2019, right? When, uh, D Ford came back for the playoffs and they had a, a health, fully healthy D line. I mean, we remember how that went for the opposing mm -hmm. offense. Yeah. Um, it was, it was crazy how good that unit played when everybody was healthy. And this shouldn't, this shouldn't be any different. Like Chase Young, Bosa, everybody's healthy. Everybody's fresh. 
uh, fresh legs. So, and right. I think they took the second second half of that week 18 game off. So they've had more time. Um, so every, every little bit helps. And I think uh, Armstead back is really a huge, huge advantage for them. I mean, this is the, what, uh, second oldest team uh, in the league going up against the youngest. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure, like, this rest is definitely going to help this team. Um, I, I expect, you know, Kinlaw going yeah, back think... to, like, a rotation should be better for him. Uh, I think even Armstead could be eased back in now that they have Sebastian Joseph Day. Uh, how do you like him, by the way? Like, I know it's small sample size with him in San Francisco, but what have you seen out of him? Um, I didn't really watch a lot of what he did. I can't even, did he, he play came in before week 18, right? Or was it week 17? Yeah. He only played 11 snaps in the week 17 game, but he, he played like most of the uh, Rams game. Yeah. I don't really remember. I might go back and watch it later, but I think, um, I liked it when they when they signed him. I just needed confirm or not or you know disconfirm or whatever. But I, I don't really remember honestly. I, I didn't. I wasn't even really watching that game after the after right. The, yeah, uh, the first like, half. Um, I mean, who would? I I, I, I remember like Packers Bears was on at the same time. I had to. I had to. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that. a that was a must win for them. I know, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan said that, you know, after his 11 snaps against the, it was the commanders, right. In week 17, uh, that he was very impressed with Joseph day. Uh, so I, I think with a rotation with both of those guys, it'll be good. And who I mean, knows, he's like a, maybe, maybe they try piece. to, even, yeah, for sure. Like, I think that's definitely going to be valuable for them and who knows, like maybe having him, uh, be on the inside maybe with Clinton Farrell they put Armstead back outside for a couple snaps I don't know just something they can they can mess around with but going back to the run game like Nick Bosa pretty much was asked about Jordan Love and the big thing with stopping Jordan Love is you know stopping the run and I think it's not specific to Jordan Love I think that's just a thing with like this offense and a lot of offenses around the NFL quite honestly and so you know Nick Bosa says in the playoffs running the ball and stopping the run is how you win I've seen a lot of you know people like Packers fans or or Packers media heads mention that the key to the game for the Packers is Aaron Jones like running the football Uh, and so do you do you kind of agree with like if you stop the run you can stop this offense? Mm. I don't know that that's necessarily true. That just was like one of those old football cliches, like you can run the ball, you can win, uh, type. You know, and vice versa. If you it's stop something, it, you yeah, can win. it's something easy to understand. Um, <laughs> you know, I I don't. I don't necessarily buy into a lot of that because Aaron Jones didn't play most of the season. Like he's been in and out hurt. Um, He only looked the way he did because he's fresh and the Cowboys just don't have a good run defense. Um, You know, I mean, Aaron Jones could go for 150 yards in this game and they could still lose. Like, it's just, that's the way it is. That's the way it goes. Um, But I think with Jordan Love, I think you have to, 
he early in the season, it was like, ah, make this guy think a little bit, make him get to his other reads. If you can kind of throw the timing off and he's going to throw an inaccurate pass. Now he's kind of just mastered the trick shot, uh, mm-hmm. back off one back, you know, back off one foot, his back foot and, and flick the wrist. And he gets the ball there like accurately and on time. It's, it's crazy to see. Um, like you have to, I don't know, like they're going to have to just, it's just, I guess it's one of those old, other stupid old football cliches. It's just, they need to get pressure on him. Um, I think he's right in that aspect. It, teams haven't really been able to affect him lately with pressure because he's been really skilled yeah. at getting the ball out in unconventional ways. So just simply, you know, getting pressure on him. I mean, may, and maybe that's not the key. Like maybe it's to sit and drop back into zones and play some man coverage and really make him work through those reads and see, see if he can find his other progressions. Um, yeah. I, I saw this, like this tweet from Wagner, for example, you know, talking yeah. about his splits against man and zone and, you know, he, he has struggled against zone um, much of this season, but he's actually been better at it you know in his last few games and against Dallas he was 7 of 10 120 yards against zone so it it seems like he's just gotten better at the things that were working against him before you talk about the pressure I know like I saw a few clips of of him against like uh, that Raiders game and you know they had a lot of pressure on him and then I watched you know obviously I watched the game from last week and like you said like he had pressure in his face and it did not face him at all and because he's able to make these trick shots and he doesn't need to like be in his base to get a throw off I mean that makes it even harder because he you could have all these guys in front of him and he's still going to get the throw. Um, yeah. And, yeah. He, uh, they, they sent a cover zero blitz at him, which is six guys basically rushing the passer. Um, and he got them to reveal their intentions right before the snap. So he reset the pass protection and hit Dontavian Wicks for that 20 yard touchdown down the middle um, because they were able to slide and pick up the, the extra rusher. Um, I think he called the tight end back into protection and they just had a two man route basically. And he, he hit one of his receivers for a touchdown. I mean, that's the, that's like the little things that he does right now that, uh, make him such a dangerous quarterback to, to play against, because if you're going to reveal your intentions pre-snap, he's just going to reset, make a check at the line and get the offense into a different play or reset something and, and hit a big play. So, um, that I think is the other difference that a lot of people aren't really talking about this week, but he's done it several times in the last several weeks. Um, and it's not something you see on tape, really. You have to watch the broadcast to see it. Um, and this is not something the 49ers do with their quarterbacks ever. Shanahan doesn't let Purdy do this. He doesn't let, he didn't let Garoppolo do it. Uh, I don't really remember if he let Matt Ryan have that freedom, but that's one of the key differences between the offenses right now is letting the quarterback operate pre-snap and make those adjustments the Shanahan like Shanahan doesn't let his quarterbacks do that yeah I saw one of your tweets actually that like mentioned that uh from the McVeigh side of the Shanahan coaching tree like they put more on the quarterback's plate plate pre-snap 
right? And yeah. Kyle puts more on his quarterbacks post-snap. And Brock has been good at that, like the post-snap and kind of like deciphering what the defense is doing um, and reacting to that and quickly. Um, but yeah, I guess just different ways how these quarterbacks are being asked to operate. And how do you think like Jordan Love matches up against this 49ers pass defense specifically? And like, you know, like the 49ers defense has some weaknesses. I mean, the secondary is playing a lot better than the second half of the season, but I mean, you mentioned just like some of the indefensible things that Jordan Love is doing. So like, how do you kind of see them matching up against this? Which which side? Just like the the, the secondary against Jordan Love. Um, that's probably the one concern I have. Uh, everybody outside okay. of Charvarius Ward, um, is a concern. Basically, not so much Gibson, is it, is, but is it because of the receivers? Like, are you worried about the receivers or how Jordan Love can kind of manipulate those guys? It's it's both. Um, he's going to throw the ball and let his receivers make a play. And some of these guys are fast, uh, good route runners now, and they might give Ambry Thomas and uh, Lenore some some trouble. Um, not so much Ward. I think Ward is going to be fine. But easily a situation where they pick a lot on Ambry Thomas. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to ask, like, which which Packers receiver, I guess, like matches up against this 49ers defense the best. But like there, like well, there's so many new ones. And I, I feel like yeah. they also they all have their own strengths. Right. Well, yeah, they've got Watson's back. Um, and he's the speedster. And you can see that a lot in the Cowboys game plan. They were really concerned with Watson. So I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how Wilkes handles that one um, because they, if you have to devote a minimum of two guys down deep downfield in coverage, you're going to leave someone else open. So I'm, I'm concerned about that. Um, and Watson doesn't need to have like a four catch 150 yard night to be effective. He can basically just be the guy that occupies everybody else while the other guys get open. So that's a concern. Um, and then like for, I think the other two, Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks, I think um, have the potential to really mess with Ambry Thomas. Romeo Dobbs is another – he's another good receiver. He just catches everything. Um, but he's not like a, a truth, like speed downfield threat like some of the other guys. But, okay. I mean, he's still um, – can be one of their go-to guys. It's like you never really know – what who's who they're going to favor at any one time i mean that's why they kind of resemble like some of these young shanahan teams from a few years ago with with who they have out there yeah that's that's fair um yeah i i like their group of receivers i'm i'm kind of excited to see how the secondary matches up against them um you know i i know they're gonna make some big plays i guess it's like about limiting them as much as possible. Um, but going back to like Brock Purdy, like obviously like he isn't perfect and we've seen him have some bad games like against the Browns and Ravens, two of uh, his worst games this year. But like, what did 
what did the Browns and Ravens do that kind of, I guess, like limited or, or confused Brock and in, in the Shanahan offense? And again, like I'll ask you, like, do you think that the Packers defense could replicate any of that? Um. Well, the Browns, I think, did they? It was kind of different than the Ravens. Ravens did something completely different, honestly. Um, basically, the Ravens played a lot more like zone cover six coverages, um, quarters coverages than they typically play. Like they broke their tendencies to basically mess with um, the 49ers passing game. Uh, and basically those coverages allowed them to sit in the throwing windows that Shanahan likes to create. So um, when you get two deep safeties back there, you can bracket guys over the middle. It's almost like a natural bracket that occurs with the, mm-hmm. the deep half safety or the quarter safety and then the coverage underneath. And that's where a lot of those routes that Shanahan likes Purdy to throw, that's where they break off. Um, with, with the Browns, it was doing, it was getting to those same kind of, uh, closing those windows, but from different types of coverages, like cover one, uh, where you show like a two deep safety look, and then one safety rotates down like robber coverage. Um, and that's how you affect those throwing windows that way. Um, so they did something different with that ended up working out similarly, just limiting those over the middle throws. And that's what the Packers uh, coverages do best. Um, they're, they're, Best, I think their best coverage snaps this year were in cover six, which is or cover eight, which is basically reverse cover six. But it's uh, cover two on one side and quarters on the other side, um, and those were the coverages that gave Purdy the most trouble this season, too. So, what they do, what the Packers do well in pass defense, is what Purdy doesn't play well against. So, but at, some of that is personnel. I don't think the Packers have right, the same yeah. personnel that the Ravens did. Obviously, I mean they they clearly don't. Um, but that was the one, that was the one surprising thing that stood out to me this week when I was looking at the different success rates against different coverages was that Purdy does not play well against cover six and the Packers do play cover six really well. Um, so that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And Joe Barry has been playing probably a 50, 50 split, um, one deep safety versus two deep safety coverages this year. So it's not like you can't really get a read on that. They are going to play more split uh, two deep safety coverages on passing downs, but overall uh, they're about 50, 50 split. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, in, that's interesting. I will say that the, the Ravens were the same way going into the game. They were probably, I think maybe 60, 40, um, single high safety coverages this season. And in the 49ers game, they were like uh, 75% or probably like less than that. Okay. I don't remember 60, 60% split safety. And then like in that game, like 75 to 80% split safety coverages. So they really broke tendencies there. Great. And like you said, like that comes to, comes down to coaching and personnel. Um, cause, cause a lot of, a lot of teams see things that work against other teams on tape and like they don't do it just because it's against their tendencies and what they like to usually run. Like, so, but what you said, like the Packers have run this before. And so I, I guess we can expect that. Um, But like you said, different, 
personnel. So there are holes to this, uh, you know, Packers defense, the linebackers, like you said. The Ravens, on the other hand, I don't think there was anyone under the Kyle Shanahan microscope that week because their defense is just like loaded and they all have playmakers. So I think that was that was kind of part of the the thing. But it seems like this is going to be a a bit of a test for Kyle Shanahan to see if he can try to you know, figure out that Rubik's cube of, uh, uh, you know, figuring out how to get some plays open against the the cover six. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, uh, my last question to you will be, who do you, who do you think uh, wins this game? Just like your gut. Uh, I mean, the 49ers, I just, I think the Packers might get a few blows in there, but I'd ultimately think the 49ers are just too good. Um, on paper, on the field, whatever you want to call it. I just, I think, I don't think the Packers, I, I think at some point you'll see that they just don't have the bodies that can run with this team. Um, I just, they're just not there yet. Yeah. I, I kind of, I'm the same way. I like, I, th- I think they're probably like a year or two away. I think I was surprised that they actually like made it this far. They beat the Cowboys. Like, they're they're a nice team. I I like what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I think they're probably ultimately uh, a year away. But Rich, thank you so much for for joining me for this preview. Really enjoyed your insight as always. Um, I know you have a lot of content in a variety of different pr- places. Uh, let people know where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can read all the the Packers stuff at acmepackingcompany.com or I think it's acmepackingco.com. I'm not sure. Um, westcoastfootball.substack.com primarily for 49ers stuff. I haven't done a lot of stuff at Niners Nation in a while. Um, Probably should get that out of my bio, but uh, um, I just have been lazy about that. So, um, but yeah, that when I was primarily, when I was covering the 49ers, that's where I was primarily covering them from was Niners Nation. Um, But then I just kind of, I had to let that take a back seat because SB Nation was throwing me a bigger check for the Packers stuff. So I still wanted to write about the 49ers. So I did some Substack stuff um, when I have time. Uh, so I don't don't feel t- terribly obligated to get to it if I don't get to it. Right. And, and that stuff's awesome. It's very much in depth. So if you guys uh, like that, you know, definitely check out Rich's work. Uh, Rich, thank you so much for joining me today. Enjoy the game or games this weekend and you know yeah, have you a good rest of your Thursday. Uh for everyone that tuned in, make sure that you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. Have another preview uh with Lori Fitzpatrick coming tomorrow. So make sure you guys tune in. But for now, have a good rest of your Thursday folks. Peace. <laughs>